0: Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom's outside the door yakking and, you know, what he does on the telephone. I'm here
1: with. Doug Sprinthal.
0: Alex Roperard Rasmussen.
1: And Andy Roperard.
0: And we will be right back after these messages.
2: I want to do a live Yes, Walzer. we were
0: just. Go uh, ahead, Catherine. Oh, oh. Yes. He, no, he just came back. So uh, we were just going okay, to start a live here. Walzer Perfect commercial without streaming. you.
2: Yeah. You, you haven't even started yet? We, yes, we started. We started. This well, is the commercial. Stop talking. We did the, you, commercial. Why did you do the Walzer
3: commercial. Well, we did the Bradshaw and Brian <laughs> first. So now we're doing Walzer. Oh. So I want to talk for a moment about how Walzer sells cars. Upfront pricing. You can see it on the website. You can see it on the windshield of Every Cars. You don't have to go through the song and dance. And this seems like the way you should buy stuff, but I'm experiencing getting bids on a bathroom remodel in the last week and a half, and it's unbelievable. You get grilled by the appointment center. Now, uh, is there a Mrs. Smithell? Yes, Uh, what's her name? How do you spell that? Now, she needs to be there when the consultant comes. So it's basically they just try to power close you right there. And how much were you expecting to spend on this project? Well, you know, if I knew how to remodel a bathroom, yeah. I'd be able to give you a, a number, but I was thinking somewhere between $20 and a million. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you fit me in there? It's just, it's amazingly frustrating. And cars are, are oftentimes that way in traditional negotiating dealer, but when Walzer went one price 20 years ago, we've never looked back because it's the way people want to buy stuff. So if you need a bathroom remodeled, uh, you're out of luck. If you want to buy a car fast and fair, go to Walzer Automotive at Walzer.
2: He already did the tag Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer. Well, I, I
3: figured you in. were on the phone again.
2: <laughs> no, no. You know, I'll tell you when we get back to the show.
1: She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes.
2: So you she kicked off the really show at eleven uh, seventeen. Is that right?
1: Uh, about that.
2: This is the very beginning of the show here. Now, I can't tell you who it is or whatever, but I, I got a call, and I'm really glad they called me. But one of my favorite people in the world is retiring at a very young age, and I'm really going to miss him, but I can't tell you who it is yet.
0: Is it Doug Sprinthal? Oh. Doug Sprinthall. He
2: said young age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you're youngish. Like, I started you're
2: my seventh decade, decade already, so... <laughs> but it was very nice of the the people to call me and tell me about it because I didn't know and and I thought and I heard it was like no, hmm. but God bless him, uh, you know he 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 uh, he's going to retire eventually and, and very very soon actually but it just I'm I'm glad they called and told me I really am it was nice you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and you guys all know who it is, too, as a matter of fact.
3: I really can't wait to hear mm. the you secret. Know.
2: Uh, I'll Mike tell you Molina. in about a week.
3: Mm. Yeah, Mike Molina. <laughs> yes, really at Rich, Rich in
1: New York City. In 26. He's
3: going to retire in his hundreds.
2: No. <laughs>
4: yeah, even if you and had
1: millions hundreds. in New York City, good luck. Especially yeah, if you're going to retire for, anymore. what, you know, you retire at the age of 30, you got probably at least a good 50 years ahead of you. 50 years? How long? How long... How much money does it take to live for in New York City for fifty years? Well, let's see, oh, two
3: million a year. That's yeah, uh exactly.
2: yeah. <laughs> a little hundred million dollars. But other than that, it's good. Don't worry about a thing. Everything will work out in the end. Uh, isn't it amazing now that th- every every story now is a billion or a trillion dollars? They don't even mention millions anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, inflation. <laughs> I mean,
1: if you look at the amount God. of money, just like even fifty years ago let's see here i want to get my numbers right but people don't often uh really realize how much well 1970 you could buy
3: a brand new car not a particularly (laughs) nice one for around two grand
1: yeah uh let's see two grand then would be about 14,000 now yeah so yeah i mean that's only 50 years ago money has devalued almost seven times Almost seven wow. times. I've yeah.
3: got some shirts that are almost that old that it still <laughs>
2: <laughs> they've I shrunk have shirts a bit though. <laughs> oh they shrunk in the like like in the uh, you know certain areas. I think
3: they actually did shrink because I Football, had my yeah. uh, Marshall University high school warm up basketball jersey and Sarah can wear it and it fits pretty good. Wow. Now I was skinny in high school but Not I was still six three, yeah. so
5: Yeah.
1: I just recently threw away my Dapper Dawn shirt in Florida. Oh, boy. oh my I,
0: God, you wore that to death. I'm pretty yeah, sure I got it when I was, did.
1: like, 13 years old, and I threw it away mm-hmm. when I was probably <laughs> 32, 31,
4: and it still fit.
1: It still fit perfectly. I tried to find a new one because it was such a good shirt, but they, I don't. I have no idea where it's even from. I don't remember. I remember
0: when you used to wear that down in Florida <laughs> mm, yep. and all the... All the New York Italians would look at you,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like what? What? The Dapper Don, baby, because it was the actual Mafia Don at the
1: time, so it wasn't like you know Don Corleone or anything like that. No, was
2: it? Was it was uh, John Gotti, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think
0: yeah.
2: I Mm -hmm. believe that's true in any case, but uh, you know, he was the Dapper Mm -hmm. Don, ladies and gentlemen, no question about it. So, did I hear Alex making noise? Yeah. You showed up? I
5: ventured out. My fever broke overnight, so here I am. Her self-imposed
0: isolation is broken,
5: I guess. Well, it's not really self-imposed. It was virus-imposed. Well, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed
0: to stay home when you're
5: sick, people. Sure, everybody. You
3: don't go on a cruise ship.
5: Yeah, not typically. But boy,
3: how'd you like to be in the cruise ship business right now? Oh my God! I know somebody. Oh my
5: God! I was at Sage's school this morning (laughs) and Jamaica's, just turning all cruise ships away. They're like, nope, don't want any of them. And now Mexico's starting to turn everything away. You know,
3: when Jamaica turns money away, that it's gotta
5: be (laughs) bad. It's got. Yeah. Oh
1: God! Can you imagine? Uh, Coronavirus gets loose in that country. Yeah. They, they got country. enough problems already. Uh, any they country. I, I really hope that uh, our two
2: political parties will stop fighting over the coronavirus because it shows really, really poor leadership. Well, it's shut up and do your job. Nancy
0: Pelosi finally said something I agree with. God. She actually said we need to stop uh, spreading sp- panic and start working on solutions together i mean that's the first time she's ever said anything that i agree with i
3: heard a story about her yesterday she went to chinatown and visited a whole bunch of restaurants and said you know we support you because uh, apparently nobody's going to chinatown in uh, san francisco right. anymore. they're all freaked right. out yeah. so i thought that, I, I admire that that was that was one of my problems with mark dayton if you remember the big anthrax scare the mm-hmm. early yep. 2000s when he closed his office and yep. said everybody get out of here i'm like wait a minute, you're a U.S. senator.
2: Uh-huh. You got a lead yeah. from the
3: front. Yeah. So it was good to see her do that. Mm-hmm. Hats off to her.
2: Well, he was hiding under yes. his desk, remember? Yeah. Finally. Yeah. He was hiding under his desk. You forgot well, to take your medication, he Mr. Wasn't, senator. I don't
0: think he was right. <coughs> right
2: no, he was no, not thinking clear. Not I don't think right. was, no.
0: no, he wasn't right.
2: But no. <clears throat> we'll keep an eye on the whole situation. Uh, I got to believe the United States will handle it the way they ha- handled Ebola and SARS and all the rest of them. I'm assuming Blue we flu. will band together, Democrats Swan and flu. Republicans. Swine flu, all of it. Exactly. We've had a few of these And of course, yeah. Bernie, Bernie Sanders is the one being the biggest prick about it. What a shock. Uh, he, he, did you hear what he said? And look, no. I, you know, it's all well and good, but this is the coronavirus. It's rather important. He said, yeah, that's right, President Trump. Give it to uh, Mike Pence, a guy who tried to pray away HIV. It's
0: like, you know, you you know I, was it's a little, I watched
3: that, that press conference, and I was a little concerned <laughs> that he had Mike do it. It's like he's never put him in charge of anything. It's <laughs> a little I bit know. scary. And Pence I looked know. like, oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'll go tell the big kid in the corner to mind his own mm-hmm. business. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I used—I I mean, I used to be able to tolerate Bernie, but now uh, oh. I just, you know, the state of constant outrage, and he's just, I, I don't, why do people like him? I don't get it. He's, he's crabby.
2: He is crazy.
0: He's uh, self-important. And he thinks that he's the savior of the universe, and I don't know what qualifies him as the savior of the universe.
1: Free stuff. Well, you mind. have to you
3: have to run Burlington, Vermont first, and then you can save
2: the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the
0: path
3: to surviving.
0: I just don't get it.
2: I don't either, but my favorite, uh, though, is that Catherine... Uh, before you bring up subjects like that, you got to look around the room because that all has to do with literacy. He praised uh, Fidel Castro because of literacy, and Doug doesn't know how to read. So could you <laughs> not talk about it I when heard Doug's in I, studio? I was
3: listening to a lot of public radio yesterday, and they had a oh professor of Cuban studies on, and I thought, oh, boy, mm-hmm. here we go. The guy made a really good point because the, the interviewer brought up Bernie and the literacy in Castro, and he goes, sure. well, uh... Sanders is, is exactly right. They did uh, start that program, and they have 100% literacy in Cuba as a result. But what he doesn't realize is that the reason Castro did it is so he could indoctrinate all the kids to Marx's philosophy. And they, he said they That's, would teach him you know, F as, as in Fidel, C as in Castro, blah, 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 great. blah. And I thought, This okay. is
0: common knowledge.
3: Yep. I didn't expect I, I, it to hear it on public radio, <laughs> well, No, that's true. No,
1: but it's true. I yep. mean, no, is good. Cuba is good. isn't exactly a shining beacon of success, no matter who you are. No. So. No.
0: Yeah, it's it's hilarious because, I mean, I, you read all this stuff, and I've been to quite a few socialist slash communist countries. And <laughs> it's not good. I mean, it, you know, I mean,
3: I went to the People's
2: I, people, Republics pe- of
3: Austin, Texas, and that was a pretty cool place. There
2: you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Great music. That's a fact, by the way.
0: I mean, it's just not good. I mean, it's people are suffering mightily under these yep. dictatorships. It's not good.
2: Hey, listen, just because you had to kill 100,000 people or so, what's the difference? I just... I,
0: I mean, it's like people don't go anywhere. They're just, they sit there and they think that every other country's got this Shangri-La existence yep. and that everybody's yeah, they just they so happy because it's they have ridiculous. free health care. Mm-hmm. Well, they have free health care in India, but you have to bribe the doctors, you have to pay. You have to bring in your own food, you have to bribe everybody to get any care.
1: Well, it's the same but thing as like free New healthcare. <laughs> well. Yeah. The three doctors treating 30 is. million people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it, it's you know, insane any other country's view toward America is going to be either America is like, you know, um, <laughs> murder capital of the world where everyone dies of a broken finger or it's where you go to land on the soil and instantly get handed a million dollars and become king yeah you know those are the two views of america and that's that's just how people view the world outside what they know they view it as like a cartoon of what it actually is
3: that was one of my favorite scenes in Scarface when pacino you know stumbles up to the beach in miami and There's somebody in a chaise lounge that mistakes him for a waiter and hands him a $100 pill. (laughs)
5: Free money. (laughs) Well, the thing about, like, you know, I have one of my dearest friends lives in England. And she, they have
1: free health care there.
5: And she is like... The difficult thing about free healthcare is everyone goes in for everything.
1: Yep, that's the problem.
5: It's like the waits are extremely long everywhere you go, all of the time, because everybody's like, "Oh, I might as well get it checked mm-hmm. out. It's free." Or when people pay for healthcare, it's like, "Oh, well, I don't want to go in for every little thing because it'll cost me whatever and all this stuff." And people run more tests, which take more time and all this stuff and then she's like and then people that like her grandpa was trying to get a hip replacement and they rescheduled it cuz the hospital reschedules it because they have to put priority right. yep.
3: surgeries first heart surgery stuff like that
5: yeah um transplants and yeah and he they rescheduled it, I think like seven times. So he got his surgery I think almost a year after he was supposed to get it. Mm. Whereas now it's just like I need this. I'll pay you here. Yeah. You know. And there's no. Mm-hmm. So she's like, and he, she's like, he's an elderly man that can't walk. But since you know other yeah. people have more important things, which yes, heart tra- like transplants and heart surgeries and stuff like that are more important than hip replacement it's not life or death but he still deserves care so right. i don't know there's no perfect system obviously but
0: well, that's exactly right it's like if, if one of these brilliant politicians that's the savior of the universe had a plan and could show everybody this wonderful fabulous plan we could all look at it and be oh my god you are the savior of the universe yay you and then we'd all be able to vote for a person that knows how to fix health care because it's it is screwed up it should not cost what it costs to get well and the sad thing is that it's insane
3: the number of medical people that file bankruptcy for medical bills in this country that's that's terrible (laughs) it's like 60 or seventy thousand a year
2: yeah. Well, once again, media is going to have to step up and get their job done because if you've ever watched the, uh, the national news on any channel, every commercial's for a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Every I one of them.
5: I've watched a lot of TV the last four days because I've been sick and just laying around a lot when the kids are napping or after they went to bed or whatever. And yeah, so many pharmaceutical commercials. I was like, this is just ridiculous.
3: Here's the biggest yeah, so screw basically. job about that, because, you know, the argument <clears throat> is, well, they, you know, they have to charge a lot because they spend all this money in research and development. Do you know right. where about 25% of that money comes from?
2: The U.S. government?
3: <laughs> yeah. We pay oh, I you know, I know. It's, yeah. just, it's, mm-hmm. it's a screw, uh, anyway.
2: It's a, it's a screw job, top it to bottom. It is ridiculous. The very people that are saying we have to do something about health care are charging millions of dollars for commercials. I, I think so maybe you should be the first one to take a hit.
3: I think this is the central question. And I'm sure people...
2: Uh-huh.
3: And it really started during the Nixon administration. It was one of these things with long-term consequences. Do you think, think that, it, even if you're a capitalist, which I happen to be, I believe in business and the right to make you know ethical profits, mm-hmm. do you believe that the health care... <laughs> Uh, industry is entitled to make profits, or do you think it's a human right? Because if you answer that question, then you can kind of go backwards from there. But I don't think we as a country have answered that question.
5: Yeah.
2: Did you hear Ralph on Tuesday? No. There was a, a Ralph Basham, Doctor Ralph Basham said there are at least a couple of uh, companies in Minnesota uh, involved in healthcare business that make a trillion dollars a year. Oh,
3: I'm sure. Well, Medtronics would be yeah. one of them. Or Medtronic, I would that's
2: true. Do mm-hmm. you really need to make that much money? Really, you need to make that much, huh?
1: Well, is that revenue well, I mean, I or is y- that gross or, or net? Because that's a major uh, whatever. Well, it's not okay. net. Nobody's netting a trillion dollars. I you, wouldn't
3: think. Even if Maybe it was just are. revenue, that's
2: anymore. still pretty good.
3: <laughs> yeah. Some's gonna that's fall on
2: money, you, man. So, look, the companies themselves, the, the broadcast outlets, because radio doesn't run pharmaceutical commercials. You'll hear one once in a while, you know, like a blue chew. Uh, <laughs> I was just you know. going to say,
3: yeah. Yeah, all you guys run are boner commercials.
2: Oh, right. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, yeah, radio doesn't run the pharmaceutical commercials. And the reason for that is there's about a 20-second disclaimer on every one of them. And when you got a picture, you can just put it up on the screen. But on, on audio, somebody would have to read it. Oh, that's yeah, why you advertise right. on the radio.
3: I hadn't thought so of that. All that, of these that, that,
2: hmm. Yeah. All of these businesses need to step up and say we need to cut back, whether it's the T V stations, the networks, the companies themselves, whatever. We all need to cut way back so people can afford health care. That'd take care of the problem <coughs> today.
3: Yeah, I think you're um, right. If it was affordable, I don't think that there would be this rush to find either socialized medicine or whatever I mean if it was what it was percentage-wise Even 20 years ago, I think people would go, "Eh, okay, I can live with that. It's crazy.
0: Well, that's exactly what Obamacare was supposed to be doing. They were going to cap the profits and do all this stuff, and now they're making more money than ever. So how did that happen? Because I'm telling you, it's all corruption. Everybody's getting their pockets filled with cash, and we just can't figure that out or find out about it because no one's talking about it because everybody gets paid off. That is my opinion.
2: We have to take a break and be right back in a couple of minutes with the family.
1: LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual
2: outcome potential. God, Andy's Mr. Adult Contemporary now. Mm-hmm. I yes, love James Taylor. Me
0: too. I
3: play every once in a while with a friend of mine. Keep it up, Andy. And I'll point some out. There's a. There's a little chord morning, trill that he plays all the time. You'll hear it right here. The, that little lick, remember. he plays do, that all do, the do, time. Do, do. So I'll just he throw does. it in on every song that we play. <laughs> 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 and go, James Taylor!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: For musicians, that's a suspended fourth that then resolves itself.
2: <laughs> hey, did you get to work yet on I'm Not Lonely enough. I
3: actually have been thinking about it since you called last <laughs> night. So what we have to Good. do... Don't tell people... Well, oh, we he talked about it on, the, it on the morning show already, so we've I got did. It, uh. it. It's copyrighted in a sense. So, what yes, we need to is. do, and you can you do it, I, I'm flying to Colorado on Sunday for a uh, coronavirus convention. No, yeah. I'm doing some consulting. <laughs> so, I was going to sit on the plane and start writing, but so we just got to think of things that will, different lines that will go right before I'm not lonely enough.
2: I'm not lonely enough. So it's like, I love it, man.
3: And then we can write it backwards the from there. It'll be really fun. But I, 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 had, I thought about it after you called. and uh, Speaking of which, I watched the first episode of uh, Hunters.
2: Oh, yeah, you, you told me you could I, do that. I really liked it a lot.
3: It was great. Uh, I, one of my
5: friends was just like, is anybody else watching Hunters? And Al
3: Pacino playing a Jewish uh, Nazi hunter. Oh. And convincingly, oddly enough. Oh. Huh. Interesting.
1: Um, we have... Davey Knowles on the
2: phone. Davey Knowles, ladies and gentlemen, at 32 years of age, Isle of Man, born guitarist, singer-songwriter Davey Knowles can now add mascot recording artist to his long list of already impressive achievements. Yeah, I saw that uh, the release on that, as a matter of fact. Davey, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing
4: very well. How are you guys?
2: Things are good. The New Hope Cinema Grill and Outtakes Bar, 2749 Winnetka Avenue, uh, tickets uh, twenty bucks in advance, twenty five at the door. Um, I that's uh, coming up on March seventh. As a matter of fact, that was, that's uh, a week from Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. A week from Saturday, right? Sounds good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I got it because well, see the problem with uh, we Americans is that every election year is a leap year, so you try to wipe it out of your mind that. It, If you admit that it's a leap year and there's a 29th of February, then you have to admit you're going to have to listen to these politicians run their mouths.
3: (laughs) I never thought about
1: that before.
2: Hmm. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, yeah, they they, they have the elections in in the leap year so they can annoy you for at least another 24 hours.
3: Let's talk about music, so, not politics.
0: Maybe. <laughs> yes, please, anybody. anybody. Just,
2: I just wanted to get the date right for Davey Knowles. <laughs> March 7th, a week from Saturday, 8 p.m., New Hope Cinema Grill. Now, Dougie, you should talk about music.
3: You know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize he was going to be on, but Jerry Eaton, who's the manager of New Hope Cinema Grill, who also works for us, has been raving about you for six months. He says, "You got to see this guy. You got to listen to him and I, I I pulled up some of your cuts last time I talked to him and you can play."
4: Oh, well, thanks very much. Yeah, Thank no. It's very sweet to Jerry, too.
3: You you have fans in the uh, Great White North. I mean, it's Minnesota. It's not a little off the beaten track, but we have a bit of a music scene and I played for years as well. Oh, so, man. let me ask you a couple questions if you don't mind. Who are oh, this is a too. traditional Sort of stupid music interview uh, question, but uh, tell me who are some of your uh, uh, who, who inspired you? What guitar players do you like? Who do you dig?
4: Oh man, <laughs> um, I I grew up uh, kind of worshiping Mark Knopfler. That was you know he was the reason that I wanted to play guitar. Yeah. Um, when I was eleven, I, I heard "Sultans a Swing" and immediately wanted to rush out and buy a headband, and, <laughs> you know, just just immediately trying to become Mark Knopfler.
3: I spent um, the uh, summer of 1977 uh, learning that second solo. That's, oh, uh, it it, it takes a while, and even if you're at yeah. decent, it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> it's like, he's oh, such it, a it, great it, guitar it's player. It's
4: one of those things that only Martin Offler can do. You yep. know, it's, uh, it just it has to be him. But, um, yeah, and then, and then the, whole, the whole British blues boom as well, kind of uh, early Clapton and uh, Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac and, and Paul Kossoff from Free. Um, and then uh, Rory Gallagher is a huge influence for me, too. Oh, yeah. You
3: just named yeah. almost all of my favorite guys, although you skipped over <laughs> Jeff Beck for some reason. But Yeah, that that,
4: that whole kind of uh, 60s, early 70s scene, a
3: little later with Rory, that that's that's my favorite. That's awesome. That's that's, a... That really was the golden age of guitar playing. But you're young. Yeah. I mean, it's, there aren't as oh. many... Uh, this sounds like Get Off My Lawn... But I don't think, you know, that was an age where there were just tons of great players and, and you don't see as many anymore. Um, and I don't know why that yeah. is. Maybe it's fallen out of fashion a little bit. I'm not sure. What do you think?
4: Yeah, well, I, I think they're there. I, th- I think um, I feel constantly threatened and humiliated uh, by, by, great, <laughs> by great guitar players. Um, but I, I think it's more of a, um, an underground kind of thing. I don't think, you know, all of those bands were in the charts. Back in the day yeah. You know They they were They were pop stars And rock stars And I think That kind of music Has, has fallen into More of a folk music Kind of scene And and, and more of a You know Just a, a Smaller more underground Community rather than Right at the forefront But I, I think it's Definitely still there
3: Well yeah I, mean, I, I, I would agree To an extent And I guess when you Think about it The pop charting thing Probably is what Made the big difference uh, It's all pop music And stuff now Where it used to be Rock and rock and blues and stuff like that, and there are some great, great young guitar players. I'm a big uh, fan of Derek Trucks. I, I watch him play, oh, and yeah. I just, I just want to quit. It's like, yeah,
4: yeah, I might oh, as well yeah, give it up. Yeah. And then you've got guys like uh, like Gary Clark Jr., who who I think is carrying on that tradition in a in a commercial way uh, as well, and, and in a wonderful way. And, uh, same with like uh, Marcus King, and even the Black Keys. You know, they had a they had a number one album last year. And that's a that's guitar-based band with, you know, where blues influence on their sleeves. So I, I think it's I think it's still bubbling under. It's cool. Yeah,
3: John Mayer gets ripped a lot, but he's a he's a great guitar player. He writes yes. some schmaltzy oh, yeah. tunes, but he is he's <laughs> about as good as they get. I think.
4: Oh, I agree. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: Tom, I'll shut up. I'm Dug-head. sorry I hijacked the entire no, 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 no. interview, but I just when I realized <laughs> no. who this guy was, I'm like, oh, yay! This is going to be fun.
2: No, 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 no. I just want to mention one thing, and then I want to hear you two talk again, because you guys are both really good players. But an extensive tour schedule has ensured he has put in more than his 10,000 hours on the road. You ready for the appearances uh, there, Doug? I'm ready. Davey Knowles has appeared with The Who, Jeff Beck, Government Mule, Leonard Skinner, Kid Rock, Joe Bonamassa, Sonny Landreth, Peter Frampton, Joe Satriani, and Sammy Hagar's group Chickenfoot. Pretty good good crowd you got there, uh, Davey. Uh, I I
4: feel very lucky. That's not a bad list.
3: I'm going to (laughs) see somebody that you may not know of, but you should look him up if you've never heard of him. He's a guy from Milwaukee. His name is... uh, uh, Greg Koch, K-O-C-H. I, I know Greg very well. Oh, you do. I. Oh yeah. I bought oh, a Fender Super after watching one of his demos on YouTube a couple of years ago. The guy is about yeah. what six six or six seven.
4: I think he calls himself Man Squatch.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. he plays any <laughs> like style it. like lightning, and he's funnier yeah. than hell. He's just he's just so much fun to play. He's playing at the Blues and uh, the blue Alone, the Fine Line on yeah. Friday. He and his son, and then a uh, keyboard player. So I'm excited to see him
4: play. Yeah, no, he's 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 scary good, and like you say, just hilarious. So quick witted. I mean, you can't keep up. He's uh, he's brilliant.
3: Sorry, we're plugging another show, but I'm going to see yours as no. well.
4: It's all good. We're all in it together.
3: So you played with Jeff Beck?
4: Uh, yeah, I I did a tour with him uh, for about a month. I think that was 2009. Wow. Yeah.
3: I've seen yeah, him many times over the years. I, I recently, in an f- online forum, somebody posted, it was an old guitar player interview with Jeff and Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, wow. and they asked uh, Jeff a lot uh, about the early 70s albums, Blow by Blow and all that stuff. He hated it. He goes, I never wish I'd recorded it. They were terrible. It wasn't what <laughs> I was into. And, and for me, they're some of my favorite Jeff Beck albums. I was really, and I just read this the other day. It was very
4: interesting. I think I think that's what makes him, you know, so undeniably him is is that he's so dissatisfied with whatever he's doing that, you know, he strives to do something else constantly. And I think that's that's what he's done since the Yardbirds all the way through to to right now. You know, he's he had a little dabble with with electronic music. He's he's always trying to kind of push himself. And I think I think it's that that kind of uh, unhappiness with where he's at that that keeps him going. I think.
3: One of my favorite clips of him—he's uh, playing. Um, uh, it's a Ray Charles tune. Uh it's a uh, name's escaping me, but it's live with Jules Holland. You know, you're a great oh. musician when, at the end of the song, the entire band stands up and gives you a cheer. Yeah. <laughs> drowning, drowning in my own tears. Oh wow, wow,
4: unbelievable. God, you know. Yeah, I, I, mean, gotta, I, I just, again, that, that whole Jules Holland crowd was. Uh, just being able to be introduced to so many artists by, by Jules Holland. Uh, how did
3: how did he get that? For those of you that don't know, he was the keyboard player in Squeeze, and yeah. he had this uh, uh, English TV show called Live with Jules Holland, and he'd get yeah. not just one good band, he'd have three or four in every show, and he would walk yeah. up, and he always had this signature way of introducing, and he'd just yell in the microphone, And now, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Beck! <laughs> and he'd just sit down, and he's a good piano player, too. <laughs> But how did he? Oh, set, yeah, how did yeah. that I mean, ever I mean, get started?
4: Yeah, well, I think I think the big thing was squeeze, and then he had in the eighties a, a, a TV, a music TV show. I think it was called The Tube, um, and I think he got fired for that for, for swearing on the BBC, which was uh, <laughs> I think it's still you know a punishable by death offence. And um, I uh, I think he lost that show, and then he started later with Jules, and that that just took off. I mean, it was really the only um, TV, uh, apart from Top of the Pops, um, kind of a uh, you know, TV DJ, if you like, someone who introduced you to music. Yeah, so in one show you'd really have Paul guy.
3: McCartney and then this unknown yeah. singer, uh, English girl named Adele, who was like 17. And <laughs> like,
4: how <laughs> right. did you find yeah, her? Right.
3: And wh- you get her on the same show as Paul McCartney. It was just great. Yeah,
4: no, he's... he's uh, we're lucky to have him. He introduced so many in artists to uh, uh, to the
2: audience over there, for sure. You know, Doug, I do have to point something out. I, I,
4: I did, uh, you know,
2: I, I can I can add and subtract, which I'm very proud of, Davey, as a matter of <laughs> fact, being able to subtract. You walked on stage with Jeff Beck when you were 21 years old?
4: That sounds were you about terrified? 22, yeah, 21, 22, yeah.
2: Were you scared to death,
4: Mike? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, think, uh, I mean, it's, it's terrifying, those kinds of situations. But in the same breath, I, I think you you just, um, survival instincts take us a little bit. And, and you just kind of put your head down and work as hard as you can and, and, and try and uh, just, just do your very, very best. And, and that's all you really can do. And then the other side of that is just look around you, listen, and, and absorb like a sponge. Um, that's wonderful. Uh,
2: Did that's you
3: just you pretend he was Nigel Tufnell and start laughing <laughs> inside?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Davey Knowles. It is March 7th, a week from Saturday, March 7th, 8 p.m., New Hope Cinema Grill. You can just go to cinemagrill.com slash live music slash Davy Knowles with a K, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Davey Knowles, thank you so much for your time. Great talking to you. But once again, my new hero, at least... For the, for the rest of this year, a 21 year old kid walks on stage with Jeff Beck, and <laughs> I got to talk to him 11 years later. Man, that's wonderful.
4: I'm
3: I'm going to I'm going to check you out. I will I'll, I'll meet you on March 7th. I'm excited to hear oh, you play. Oh, lovely. Oh,
4: well, thanks very much. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Uh,
2: absolutely. Thank you, Dave. You Have a great day, sir. Bye. Bye. I. I did that, Matt. I'm like, what? He he was on stage with Jeff Beck, one of the greatest guitar players ever born, when he was 21.
3: Yeah, that's amazing.
2: I was thinking, hey, I can go to the bar and drink legally now. <laughs> that's what I was doing when I was 21. <laughs> right? <laughs> A little different. Although, uh, remember what happened on my 21st birthday? Well,
3: none of us were remember alive. That?
2: <laughs> Oh, when I was 21? Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, in the state of Minnesota, on my 21st birthday, November 7th, my 21st birthday, Prohibition they dropped envy. the drinking age to 18.
5: Oh, that's
3: bad. You know, I'm was a few. i a few years younger than you, and I kind of chased it because they dropped it to 18, and I got close to 18, and didn't they bump it up to 19? Yes. And yep. then, I, so I was, like, just trying to grab the life preserver and then they moved it up to, I had to wait till I was 21.
2: Oh
4: geez. yeah now they're they had, changing they, the
5: they they're changing the smoking age to 21 yeah I think they already did
1: <laughs> yeah is this that's Minnesota sure, right now federal or is it federal I think it's federal
2: huh well, I could raise it to 121 how about that so nobody uh, smokes yeah, how uh, about yeah. that action?
3: although in the 70s all they required for an ID to buy beer was a five dollar bill yeah, They'd really. usually get the oh, job that's then. true
1: uh, yeah, they changed it to 21 in December. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, I technically, remember standing at the old, it's just to per- purchase tobacco.
2: But, that's you know. true. Well, yeah. yeah. What a that mess. is very, very true. In any case, we do have to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Your mother disappeared. I don't know where she went. That's a great question. She's off wandering around. We'll be right back with the family. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes.
1: Finally, a song I've actually heard. And of course, it's Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> Singing the same old song. Remember
2: we had his wife and two daughters in studio just yeah. before he died? Very, very sad that Glenn Campbell was dying and his family came in to do the podcast. Mm-hmm.
3: And what was the last song that he awareness. wrote? Was it like. I Won't, for, I won't you remember won't for, You or something? Yeah, something like that. that. It was just really wrenching. I'm Not
1: Going to Miss You, I think? Uh, I think that's what it was. Something like that because, well,
2: yeah. Something I'm Not Going to Miss You because I won't <laughs> know your alive or something yeah it was oh god it sounds terrible talking about glenn campbell when when glenn campbell passed away Catherine. oh okay and he's playing the greatest um, (laughs) uh, adult contemporary hits of all time Mm -hmm. glenn campbell well (laughs) well he's not anti (laughs) Eh, he's good he was fine i always like glenn campbell i
3: gotta i gotta give a Uh, shout out to somebody if i can really quickly I got a uh, a package here, and it turned out to be a book from Charlie in Albuquerque, and it's really cool. It's called "The World's Worst Cars." <laughs> so, thanks, Charlie, if you're oh, listening. Really? I really appreciate it. I'll put, send you a message on Facebook as well. But thank you. It's uh, I've been fl- I flipped through it before we went on the air, and it's really pretty interesting, and it's going to be a a coffee table staple.
2: In the So, the world's worst cars. Yep. Was the Hupmobile in there? You
3: know, there's a lot
2: of them. It's a pretty thick book.
3: It is a thick book, and they're (laughs) great pictures. (laughs) It's a large book. So I'm going to spend probably the next couple of days reading it. I took up reading on vacation. Do you know that they have things like books, and you can just sit on a beach and read them? Hmm. Yes. I forgotten all that. about that, I, I haven't done it
1: in a long time I have no idea what you're talking can about Can you turn actually, the brightness re- up to make, uh, make up for the sun? Two books a mm-hmm. vacation That's
5: unfathomable <laughs> to me
1: God, I Well I don't take remember. vacations,
5: I take trips with my children
1: ah, I, see. Yes, I can't yeah, even no, remember exactly. the last time it's I not actually vacation picked with up a children. book God, it's probably been 15 years
5: If I pick up a book, I can read it very quickly
1: I've always been a fast reader,
5: like instead of I have not <laughs> I used know? to be the slowest reader ever, and I don't know. Hmm. I guess it's just from reading so much on my phone. I'm constantly That's, reading you know there is that, yeah. but now I can like just blow through a book in like three yeah. days mm-hmm. if I I think intentionally college sit down and read it college college ruined reading for me,
1: Oh, well, yeah. because God. They, yeah, you're forced they to read. So, yeah, I just You're never forced did to
0: read so much crap that doesn't make any difference in your life or even sometimes what the subject matter is. I You're remember just a, you know,
1: when I was in college and like late high school, because, you know, you'd know that I have, I was reading basically, you know, since I was six years old, I just constantly read. I would read a book every night. I would read yeah, a book. Yeah, you love to read. And mm-hmm. then I got, yeah, I got into college and they'd have me read things and it's like. This is English, but I don't know what the hell they're saying. Because they're, like, they, they have you read books that are so old that the language is really outdated, but then they never explain. Like, Shakespeare is has that problem really bad. I can understand what he's saying right. now, but when I was 18 years old yeah. and I tried to read Shakespeare, oh, I'm like, no. what on earth is he even saying? And the teacher... Well, that's Wouldn't, why you need. if you're
3: reading that stuff, you really should buy an annotated version because you've you got the notes right on yeah. there. And you go, okay, that's because if it doesn't make sense, it's no fun.
1: Well, and he yep. is a very, very complex. He put, like, <clears throat> puns yeah, regarding things that haven't yeah. existed mm-hmm. in 800 years, and it's like you can't possibly know what he's talking about unless you have it explained to you, which kind of ruins it, but, you know. Whatever. yeah well, right. yeah it's seventeenth
3: century jokes.
1: It's yeah like, exactly bad. yeah and he was a he was a jokester, yeah.
0: yeah, I used to read constantly until yeah, and school just made me like, I don't care if I ever pick up a book again, yeah because I've just got so sick of subject matter, though, mm-hmm. so, yeah, but now I'd love to read again, and my problem is finding a book that I actually want to read,
5: that is the hard part yeah.
3: That's yeah, very, very that's hard yeah. <coughs> Just talk as 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 to my wife
2: read just different.
3: Message her, she reads probably three or four books a week She's hmm. always good enough Really? Yeah Wow. Loves to read Either that or she just that's pretty
2: cool. loves to tune me out hmm. so,
0: That might
3: be part hmm. of it
2: What do you mean she? <laughs> God. That word's pronounced we, I think, not she <laughs> Sorry <clears throat> Sorry, I have a question for you guys, especially for the two women on the show.
3: Oh, yes. Okay. Break time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> break time. Well, no, no, no. I want to get your take on it as well. Uh, a mother in northern Utah is pushing for changes to a middle school policy she says is bound to create, and a quote, another generation who feels that rape culture is completely normal. Dear Lord. Mm. Okay. Now, that's pretty severe, don't you think? I
0: think it's very severe, yes. Okay. And it's Biden. inflammatory
2: says here, Alicia Hobson says her daughter, Aslan, A-Z-L-Y-N, The B be Aslin or Aslan? Probably. Like the lion from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Well, is that what it is? Aslan is the lion? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
5: That's Aslan? Uh, Aslan
2: is Aslin. a... It's
5: Aslan. It's Aslan. Is yeah. it Aslan
2: or Aslan? It's Aslan. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh Alicia Hobson says her daughter Aslin, a sixth grader at Lake Town's Rich Middle School, came home angry after a Valentine's Day dance, complaining she was forced to partner with a boy who had previously made her feel uncomfortable. Aslin said had refused Aslin had refused the uh, year old, the eleven year old, excuse me, the boys offered a dance, only to be told by Principal Kip Mota that no wasn't an option. The eleven year old tells the Salt Lake Tribune he was like, "You guys go dance. There's no saying no here. I just didn't like it at all." Hobson told Mata that her daughter always has the right to say no, while boys don't have the right to touch girls or make them dance with them. Wait, well, the, the boy didn't yeah, make her dance with them. The, the, the principal, the principal See, did. Is...
5: <clears throat> yeah, so I'd be what... real pissed if
2: this you happened know, to it,
5: Fawn. What do you mean? I'd be so pissed if that happened to Fawn. I'd be pa- pissed at the principal. Like... You can't tell my daughter to dance with somebody she doesn't want to dance with. No one should ever tell anybody to do anything like this sounds weird, but like physical with somebody they don't want to.
2: But what about if they could dance to Pennsylvania six five thousand?
5: Not even then.
2: Do 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 do. Do you think it's pr- appropriate to bring up rape culture though around oh, eleven no.
1: year old? Yeah, eleven year old boy. I don't. Think no, I would never
5: be like the rape. This is rape culture and blah 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 blah. But I do agree with her that like she ne- She should never feel pressured to do well, something she's not comfortable with or just doesn't want to do. You know, and well, principles- let's put it this. Uh, how- How about this scenario?
0: Okay, everybody's dancing the, you know, whatever, a hokey pokey. (laughs) And all the kids are doing it, but one kid's being left out because everybody's picking on him anyway. And so the teacher says, Would you please go dance with whoever, whether it's a girl or a boy? Um, You know, like she knows there's a nice kid that would do stuff, you know, for others. Is that too much pressure? Is that rape culture?
5: No, there's a difference. I'm
0: just asking. I'm just asking because it's gotten to the point where I don't know if we can discern which one is bad and which one's
5: good. Well, the principal said there's no saying no here. Like, that's crossing a line. Like, asking, would you please go dance with this kid because they look like they want to dance? And if you say no... Could be perceived as pressure. But no, asking, just asking, like, oh, would you want to go dance with them? And if you say no, that's fine. Not, there's no saying no here. You need to dance with this kid. Like, that's really aggressive and ridiculous. There's
1: also, we're hearing this through an 11 year old girl, through her outraged mom, through the news.
5: Yeah, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, happened, I'm just saying I if this is actually what happened, yes, I would consider it to yeah. be
2: Alright, well, here's how the, the Here's how the principal answers it. Mota tells KSTU that male and female students are asked to accept all invitations at school dance as part of a physical education curriculum in which students are taught various dance styles, For the Washington Post, so that no kids feel like they're left out. He adds students have avoided dancing with certain people in the past by communicating with him in advance, but Hobbs encounters that in life you get rejected all the time. No, you don't you get rejected all the time in life? Do you guys feel like you're rejected all the time? Well, no, not really. Well,
5: I mean, I, I mean, think it's a, you know, you, like, oh, the toothbrush I ha- wanted isn't on the mm-hmm. shelf. Like, if you're considering that a rejection, then
1: maybe. Well, yeah. rejection. Uh,
0: let's say you're job hunting. You might go to 15 interviews, and Very before true. you
5: get a second interview, that's being
1: or rejected.
5: like, dating, you get rejected. I mean, not me. I never did, but...
2: Not you, of course, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the principal then continued students need to get used to it and learn how to cope with their frustration oh that was the mother that said that uh, then of course the principal did say we want to protect every child's right to be safe and comfortable at school but we also believe that all children should be included so if this kid was the only one's going to be left out I do understand something had to be done I, I don't I don't know you just, can't force somebody to dance with somebody else but you can't leave a kid out either yeah
5: if there's there, like I said there's a difference between like Would you be interested in dancing with this kid? No, I don't want to. Oh, that's okay. And there's a difference between you need to go dance with this kid. There's no saying no. There's, I mean, you know.
2: Well, once again, Doug Sprinthal and I have solved this problem within the next few months. When asked to dance, the kid could say or sing along, no, because I'm not lonely enough. (laughs) See, our song will serve to help people around the globe. That's all I'm saying.
3: It's going to be great. We'll be able to retire on our hundreds.
2: Hundreds of dollars that we'll make from I'm Not Lonely Enough.
3: I got a question for I you, Tom. It. I don't know if this was just a 60s thing or a New England thing, but I, in grade school, we did have dancing in uh, phys ed, and we learned square dancing, but also something evil called the Hawaiian jump rope. Did you, are you familiar with that?
2: No, No. no what's that? So
3: basically you would have two uh, bamboo poles that were probably 10, 15 feet long, and you have a kid holding either one, and they'd play. And they always (laughs) played some wanky version of going to Kansas City, and they'd bang them on the floor twice and then tap them together twice, and you had to jump Mm -hmm. in and out. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Even when I was in third grade, I thought, this is the weirdest thing in the world. (laughs) But it was called the Hawaiian Jump Rope. I
5: didn't know that that was called Hawaiian Jump
3: Rope. I'm sure it's racist to call it a Hawaiian Jump Roping in this day and age, but in 1965 it was completely acceptable in Lexington, Massachusetts. Everything's
2: racist now. Everything and everyone is racist. Don't you know that?
3: The problem was the third graders, most of them didn't have any rhythm, so they'd wind up screwing up and slamming them into your ankles and
4: stuff.
2: (laughs) Very, very true. You're absolutely right about that. I don't know. Like I said, I, yeah, you shouldn't force people to dance with somebody they don't want to dance with. But but mm-hmm. something needs to be done so the kid didn't feel left out and was the only one that didn't have anybody to dance with. But maybe the kid's a prick. So hell with
5: him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Maybe that kid sucks.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
5: kind of how it goes sometimes. Just I don't how life dance is. He it's, sucks. Yeah, like... he's awful. No thank
2: you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Some awful. kids do suck. Millhouse. Oh God. There was a yeah there's there's some little kids even that it's just like you're just not a nice person yeah. even though you're 4.
3: You already suck.
5: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, <coughs> we only have about two minutes left in this hour, but uh, how about that poor kid in the safari park got eaten by the lion? What?
0: what? I didn't hear about oh, that. Oh, no. They mm-hmm.
2: found his clothes and eventually found his skull. What
0: safari park? Yeah, uh, what?
2: Pakistan teen had gone out to cut the grass for cattle fodder. Oh. A teenager in Pakistan who went out to cut grass for cattle fodder ended up being eaten by lions in a safari park. Oh the remains of seventeen year old Muhammad Bilal were found Wednesday in the lion enclosure at Lahore Safari. Is it Lahore or Lahore? L A H O R E.
0: I think it's Lahore. Yeah, the say it teen
2: lahore. Yeah okay, the teen who lived in a nearby village and sometimes did odd jobs at the zoo disappeared Monday. We found clothes oh. in the lion yeah. enclosure, and then later came across his skull.
0: Wow, that's oh. terrible. Yikes. Oh
2: man, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? You got a couple of lions coming after you.
3: Oh no, I cannot. Well, how imagine. did they no. get, How did the lions get his clothes off? They
0: I think they just ate out, through they
4: him. them.
2: Yeah. Up yeah.
0: And they just shredded it, probably. <clears throat> yeah
4: eek
2: not something i'd look forward to
0: terrible poor kid
2: we will take a break be back in about six seven minutes with our two which is of course car selling secrets with with special guest
3: the mayor of south st paul dr jimmy francis in studio
2: dr jimmy now we're talking we'll be back with the family